Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are now entering Odyssey Station. Please remain seated until docking is complete. Odyssey. Dare to wonder. Hello, my name's Fraser Hines, uh, also known as Jamie McCrimmon. You're listening to Mark Who 42. Welcome to Mark Who 42, your destination for all things geeky, whether it's Doctor Who, Marvel, DC, what have you. Well, you know what? Uh, today, we have something very important to discuss. Uh, as you may recall, we did do a review of Spider-Man Far From Home, but uh-oh, it looks like it might be Spider-Man Homeless right now or uh, Spider-Man Broken Home, because news came out as we record this week that Disney and Sony have apparently dissolved their deal, or if it's not dissolved, it's in serious trouble. Well, as you can hear from listening to my voice, uh, this is Eduardo M. Fryer, and uh, I'll be your host for this, but you know what? I won't be the moderator, because the moderator will be Zion. Hello, hello, hello. I finally have the captain's chair for once. Yep, please don't yeah. blow up the ship. Now, uh, <laughs> is it, now Zion, uh, is it just you and me who are uh, talking about this big emergency situation? No, um, I, I believe it is a trio today. Yep, it is uh, you, me, and it is my lovely wife, Patricia Fryer. Hey, Trish, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Yeah, you need needs you know at least one female along on this crazy journey so that we can kind of keep the balance, right? Yeah, yeah. Not to mention that. Uh, not to mention that. Well, um, you know, you do need. Yeah, I think in all sci-fi, you do need to have at least one female. And well, this is also this is also the 21st century. So yeah, you'll probably end up saving one of us from the uh, big bad monster. Probably me, because I'll probably Leroy Jenkins that. <laughs> In any event, so yeah, Zion, uh, this is your, this is your, uh, this is your landing party. So, um, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Okay, so before we get into it, I feel like it would be very helpful to go through the whole shebang of how we got here. So, beginning in 1999, Marvel 
reclaimed the rights from of Spider-Man because they sold Spider-Man's rights to a small filming company called Canon Canon Films back in 1985. This was around the time when like Superman 3 just came out so so the, so the whole Superman boom around then just fell apart and no one wanted superhero movies. So they got the rights back and then in around like 1999 they sold Sony Pictures the rights to Spider-Man again for a reported 7 million. Fast forward to 2002, we we finally get Spider-Man on the big screen with Sam Raimi's uh, portrayal, and we're, we're just going to stick to worldwide box offices because that just makes makes sense because Spider-Man is a global thing. So all in all, it made 821 million worldwide, and then Spider-Man 2 made 800, I mean 784 mil, and three topped it all off with 890 mil. Now, after that, there was supposed to be a Spider-Man 4, but that ended because of Raimi's creative differences with the producers and, and Sony itself. And then came a reboot in 2010 with Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man. And the first one came out in, in, in 2012, boxing in $757 million, and the second one bringing in $709 million. Slight drop-off, but not that much in, in terms of all, all everything. Now, the thing about this one was that it was supposed to have a cinematic universe, and it was supposed to have... T- Several sequels and several spin-offs, including one with maybe a, a full cast of, of, of Spider-Women and one even, I, I can't believe that I even thought about this, was a, a one with a young Aunt May and just being her with Aunt May. And if, 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 if any of us remember, um, there was Sony leaks and that led, and that brought up the whole thing about Spider-Man being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which originally came around, I believe, in like 2006 with Iron Man. And then everything from the, from the Cinematic Universe of, of Miss Spider-Man got canceled. So now we come into Civil War, which brought in a whole bunch chunks of $1.1 billion. And then Homecoming came in with $880 million, And then Far From Home with $113 million. But now... We need to jump into the whole, the, 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 the big pot of how we got to the MCU. So when the two came together, the original thing was that Marvel receives all profits from merchandise sold and roughly 5% cut of, of profits from the box office totals on the first day of release. Meaning now Homecoming and Far From Home is still financed and, and distributed by Sony Pictures, meaning that they get 100% of it. And Sony gets the box office, but Marvel Studios produced the film and served as a creative's lead. After the success of Far From Home, with, again, the 1.1 bill, Sony, Sony and Marvel were back at the table. Now, so Disney now wanting 50% split, and with, with the financing, meaning Sony and Disney would split between the meanings of funding the film and the profits. Sony, specifically Tom Rothman and Tony Vantiqueta, apparently countered the deal to keep it as a 95-5 split. But Disney didn't want that deal at all. And so we are now here with the aspect of Sony coming back full plans with Spider-Man. And now, with this said, we are going to talk about four big lingering problems and questions that we want to answer. So the first one that I'm just well, going to throw out. Well, I think Zion, if you, if you'll excuse me for interrupting. Yes. Um, one thing though, you know, you're talking about the buildup to, um, you're talking about the buildup to where we got here with yes. the previous uh, Spider-Man films, the Raimi trilogy, and then the, uh, 
the one-two punch with Andrew Garfield. Now, you spoke about how much they took in in box office, but how did they do critically? Because to the best of my recollection, Spider-Man 1 and 2 of the Raimi films were pretty well received with Spider-Man 2 being considered the best of uh, of that bunch. Yes. And then Spider-Man 3 really fell off the cliff. Being, yeah, it just yeah, it was it was basically considered horrendous. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of memes and jokes on the internet about uh, you know, emo Peter Parker with the bad haircut and the uh, eyeliner uh, doing a dance number. And then for me the uh, and then the Andrew Garfield movies uh, from what I recall, Amazing Spider-Man was decently received. But uh, there's not a lot of love for Amazing Spider-Man 2, if it I is, recall correctly. Yes, it, it, it can even be argued that Amazing Spider-Man 2 is worse than Spider-Man 3, which is something I never thought I'd ever see in my life. But yeah, like when it comes down to it, after Spider-Man 2, it only just fell off and it never recovered after falling off with that. It's also worth noting that Kevin Feige was also part of of the Raimi trilogy as well as part of an, an associate in in production, so yeah. that's worth noting. Yeah. Well, you think maybe that uh, one of the things is Kevin Feige actually learned. Feige. Yeah, you think maybe that Kevin Feige learned his lesson from uh, say the Raimi uh, the Raimi trilogy. Um. This. Yes, it, I, I I feel like being part of of a series that was as big as the Raimi trilogy was back then, and, and then seeing see, seeing how it literally just fell off just out of complete nowhere, because if I remember correctly, as as soon as after Spider-Man three came out and everyone saw saw just just the amount of money it was raking in due to just the overabundance and oversaturation of villains it had in it. People was really expecting Spider-Man four and five and six, and then blip, nothing. So I feel like his, him being part of that really helped in, in in seeing what what would work with Spider-Man, what wouldn't work with Spider-Man in terms of going forward with MCU. Yep. Which um, now I think it's important. Uh, I think it's important to note, uh, Trish. Yes. I think that um, I think it's important to note. So Trish. How many of the Maguire movies did you see? The first two. Hated both of them. Okay. So I, I was like, I'm not watching the third one. There's no way. So, okay. yeah. It, and then I found them to be very dark, depressing. And Tobey Maguire, I just thought that, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I know a lot of people that just absolutely loved it. And I saw the first one and I thought, Oh, I generally didn't like this. It was too depressing. It was too much. Oh, so sad, Uncle Ben. Oh no. And yeah. then, and then the second one came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, the second one's so much better than the first one. You need to go see it." And I'm like, "All right, I'll give this one a chance." No, see, same thing. Depressing, hmm. dark, depressing. Just like. Although you know, he did get he did get the girl in the end. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yeah, just I was just like, didn't yeah, see I'm the done. third one. What about um? And what about? I haven't, seen, I haven't seen any of the Andrew Garfield ones because I was like, you know what? No, I had such a bad experience with the last Spider Man. I'm not. I don't. Yeah. I just don't like Spider Man. I can't. I don't want to yeah. do it. But, but then, when yeah. when Tom Holland when he showed up 
in was it Avengers? Uh, it was Captain America: Civil War. Captain America: Civil War. When he showed up in that, I was like, "Wait a minute, he's funny." Yes. Oh my gosh, he's cheerful. Oh my gosh, he's not sitting in a corner crying about his uncle. Really? Okay. I might give this guy a chance. And so when Homecoming was coming out, I'm like, all right, I'll give this one a shot because, you know, he impressed me in Captain America. You know, let's give this a chance. And it was like, it was like, oh my gosh, this is a Spider-Man movie I've been waiting for. You know, it was didn't focus on uncle ben at all you know i mean it was like that had already passed and you know things were fine and yeah and ever since then it's just been like yeah i can if it's tom holland i will totally watch it great great so now well the reason well zion the reason that i had uh that i brought that i had trish talk about her experiences with the you know with the Spider-Man films and her you know her reaction to the character is uh to point out you know is to point out the fact that this is you know Trish is someone who's not been a fan of Spider-Man yes but then Tom Holland in the MCU actually brought her in like she wanted to see uh, Homecoming and Far From Home you know yes. she enjoyed seeing Spider-Man in the MCU which i think is something that you know, in this discussion needs to kind of be uh, remarked upon because, you know, one of the, one of the things that came out of this is you have people now being, you know, you have new people being interested in the character. Yes. And now that leads perfectly into one of the four questions that we were going to talk about in, in this segment. So the first one is how does, assuming that, that the deal does not, get done and the rights go back to Sony. How does this affect the MCU going forward? I think Sony's crazy to do this. I really do. You know, I mean, it's crazy, but I understand that they, you know, see that they now have a valuable commodity. And of course, you know, they're going to want to, you know, keep it close to them. You know, they want it all for them. You know, because I know, I understand it's a business. So is Disney. Disney's a business. But it they work so beautifully together. And now it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to just have Spider-Man in movies by himself? And it's like, we, Sony, we've seen what you've done on your own with Spider-Man. It wasn't good. (laughs) So I think you need to rethink what you're doing. And I think it's kind of arrogant of them to think that they're going to be able to replicate the same feel that Marvel has given Spider-Man. Ed? Well, and not to mention the fact that one of the strengths about the Marvel Universe, period, you know, the the universe itself, is the fact that this is a world where you can look outside your window, Spider-Man swinging by, in the distance is Avengers Tower, and, you know, there can be a, a fight with, you know, the Fantastic Four versus Galactus, and then some of the Avengers come in, and Spider-Man could be nearby watching this and going, okay, yeah, this is out of my league, but let me grab some popcorn. And keeping Spider-Man and anything connected to him, because this is the other thing about the deal. This means that there's a bunch of side characters that Sony also can keep like kind of crossed off is kind of a disservice. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, an example, Sony wanted to do a film featuring Silver Sable and the Black Cat, but just those two. And it's the kind of thing that, both those characters work best 
as part of the greater, you know, the greater uh, universe, the greater framework. You know, I always said that uh, Silver Sable would be a great character to have show up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. You know, so why keep that, why keep these characters kind of off to themselves in the hopes that you can create this little micro-universe and be like, we can do the same thing that the MCU does, but just using the spider characters. It's like, no, no, you can't. It would just come off as, again, a lesser MCU, a lesser Marvel Universe, and poorer for it because you can't have this interaction. That's a very good point. Now, um, in terms of the MCU, I, I, I feel like Disney needs to do whatever it takes to keep Spider-Man, especially in his, even though the MCU is not in a quote-unquote vulnerable state, it kind of is in a vulnerable state. In terms of like, you just lost three, maybe four of the main grip characters. That, that that's the mesh of these twenty plus movies. Now moving forward, it is fairly obvious by by the tone of Far Far From Home that Spider Man is 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 supposed to be the, the the figurehead of the MCU along with Captain Marvel. And if we're looking at it just on a basics of, of, a, of a logistics side, like in, in like 2014, but around Amazing Spider-Man 2, the, 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 the revenue in retail that, that, that the character Spider-Man was pulling in, even without the MCU, was around like $1.3 and, and this was higher than any other superhero, Batman plus Superman plus Wonder Woman combined. At that, plus the success and the overall reach of the MCU and honestly I, I feel like no no company including Disney will will not feel the hurt of losing arguably the most important and, and most recognized hero in in all of cinema. At least that's what I'm thinking. Well now, Well I okay I'll say this that um, a strength of the MCU is Spider-Man did not show up until Captain America Civil War. Right. Before that, we had several films where he, you know, where he was not a presence, he wasn't even hinted at, and the films did really well. Yes. I mean, even, even something like Thor The Dark World, which is considered to be one of the worst of the MCU films, still did, like, well enough that it made, you know, it made its money back, and, you know, so... In that sense, uh, the you know, in that sense, one of the things that the powers that be, that Kevin Feige and his little brain trust could do, is also to go back to the roots of the MCU, which is be able to take these you know characters that there are people that people may not have heard of, or you know, not might not be familiar with if they're not huge comic fans, and then try to push them to the mainstream. Like for example, Ant Man, right? You know, which I know that Trish, you weren't, you were not uh, excited to do an Ant Man movie, but then one trip to uh, to Disneyland and a little preview, and you're like, wow, let me give this a shot. True, very true. Yeah. So I mean, what do you? I mean, do you, what do you think, Trish? Do you think that uh, one of the best case scenarios is for the MCU to kind of go back on what they did, which is okay, we'll just we'll focus on these lesser known characters. I don't know. I mean, it's the problem with, for me with lesser known characters, since I am not, you know, a comic book fan is it's hard for me to get excited about a character I've never heard about. And especially when we're so inundated with comic book type movies 
it's actually getting to the point where I've talked to other people that are not comic book fans either, where is that comic book movie fatigue is starting to set in. And I mean, we've had 22 Marvel movies leading up to this and, and actually, you know, I mean, a lot of people thought that this was the end. (laughs) I mean, you know, they didn't, and then to find out, Oh, wait, there's going to be more. Okay. I mean, certain characters like I'm excited for like black Panther or Dr. Strange, you know, I mean, that's great. And I would love to have more Spider-Man, but only if Disney does it, you know, only if Marvel does it, if it goes back to, to just Sony, I have no idea if I'll even try it. I mean, I might try it just because it's Tom Holland and I think he's great, but I just have a feeling it's going to just be cringing the whole time of the, through the movie going, why did they make this choice? Why did they do this? Yep. You know, Disney would never have done this. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, I hope they can come to a deal that, you know, and I just hope that they can keep it all together. To um, pick up off of what you said about superhero uh, uh, fatigue, that is, and well, superhero fatigue and and the fact that it's hard to uh, to get people invested into new heroes. That's exactly the the, the spot where uh, where where the MCU is right now is that they are bringing in new heroes to to replace the old ones. And honestly, without Spider-Man, there's be a, a lot of people that would be really hard pressed to actually stay with it without like that constant person that you honestly know and love. Like I don't know one person that's that doesn't read comics that says that they are excited for the Eternals. And that's because the Eternals is just a strictly comic Jack Jack Kirby person type thing. Actually, I'm I'm excited for Eternals. I don't yes. know what it is at all. You see? Okay. Well, no, well, well, no. Okay. Well, see. Well, no. This is this this proves the point because I'm I know the Eternals. I'm excited for the Eternals. Trish is not a comics fan, so she's not. Uh, you know, she's not excited. Not that. Not that. Not that. That's a bad thing. It's just it does illustrate the point. Yes. Um. But the, we do think. The thing, we have Thor coming back, though. See, and the thing is that even before the Marvel movie started, you know, I had limited knowledge of comic book characters. But, like, I knew who Iron Man was. I knew who Thor was. I knew who, you know, Spider-Man, uh, Captain America. You know, I, I knew those characters. And when I heard the Eternals, and I'm like, what the heck is that? The only thing my brain would do is like, oh, great. We're going to have to <laughs> figure out this whole new set of characters and figure out everything, you know, it's going on. It's going to be, you know, it's going to just be brain hurting is all I could, is how I could describe it. I felt like I really don't want to have to figure out a whole new set of, of superheroes. And maybe that's just me, but I just, you know, I mean, I, I like the familiar familiarity of the other characters and even, you know, with having to get to know black widow and, you know, uh, Hawkeye and, you know, whoever else is in there that I'm not mentioning. At least it had characters around them that I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Right. <laughs> you know. Okay. But pulling this whole new set, just like with the Legends of Tomorrow, I stopped watching it after a little while because I, I didn't care about one character. You know, and so I was just like, I don't care. I don't know who any of these people are. And I d- don't have a desire to invest my time or my mental ability into into the show anymore. 
Right. You know, so I'm just worried that's going to start to happen with the, with these new movies that I'm just like, you know, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Same. That's okay. probably what's going to honestly be always sped up if there is no Spider-Man. At least that's well, what I think. Well, I think, you know, they need to really stop and think about what they're trying to do. One of our friends said yesterday that it was being reported that Sony wants $10 billion. They want to sell Spider-Man for $10 billion to Disney. And I'm like, that's insane. But on the other hand, can Disney really afford to just, you know, sit there and keep hemming and hawing? Um, on that note, uh, we are going to have to do a commercial break because, well, Mark, who is on a station where we need to do commercials. But you know what? We will be back uh, after this break to keep talking about this. Uh, I doubt we can come up with a uh, solution to this, but uh, hey, we will certainly try. to Odyssey. You're now listening to Mark Who 42 from the Hooniverse and beyond. Well, welcome back to Mark Who 42, where we're trying to rack our brains due to the uh, current Spider-Man Sony Marvel problem. Unfortunately, Sony and Marvel are acting like uh, arguing parents, and it seems like divorce is imminent, and they're talking about who gets custody of the kid. Uh, yeah, wow, that's that's kind of <laughs> depressed. That's kind of depressing. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, that's kind of where we're left with. And uh, yeah, we've been we've just been talking about the impact that Spider-Man may have uh, not being part of the MCU. But um, let's see what I mean. What what else, Zion? Okay. Well, what else do you think? Where we last left off is honestly a perfect place for our next question. Can Sony be trusted to make a, a good Spider-Man film going forward? Huh. I say no. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. I mean, I that's my first instinct to say no because, okay, they probably are going to study the heck out of the Marvel you know spider-man movies and be like okay we need to we need to replicate this we need to replicate it put our own spin on it and that's where it's gonna fall apart 
is putting their own spin on it. It's because they've been shown just by the previous Spider-Man movies, they can't do it. <laughs> they just can't do it. So I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't I mean, go ahead and try, but I really hope that it doesn't kill the franchise. Yeah. Well, something, I mean, first, first thing that they're going to have to try to, you know, first thing, if, if, if it was me, and, you know, Sony came to me and said, hey, we want to keep Spider-Man going. Uh, you know, we just want to distance it from the MCU, but we want to have the same flavor. Um, you know, the first thing that I would do is try to get as many, as many of the, the behind-the-scenes talent as possible to keep doing these movies. Like, for example, get the same director, John Watts. Try to get the same writers. You know, try to see who can be brought over from like the creative side of things to, you know, at least, at least give the appearance of, Hey, uh, yeah, he might not be hanging out with Iron Man and Cap and Thor and everybody else anymore, but it's still the same Spider-Man. Uh, the other thing is to keep Tom Holland in the role. Don't recast, uh, you know, try to keep as much of, you know, as much of the cast intact. Uh, and then, you know, find a reach, you know, workaround that you don't have to, you know, that he can have his adventures without having that connection to the MCU, but try to keep as much of the team intact because what will, what will really sink things is if they, you know, for whatever reason, they can't use Tom Holland or for whatever reason, they can't use Zendaya or, you know, anything like that, you know, cause chances are they probably wouldn't be able, if they, did more Spider-Man movies, we wouldn't have Happy Hogan. So that would be out. So that's that already, you know, that connection already, you know, kinda kinda hurts things. But the big thing would be keep Tom Holland, keep as much of the cast, keep as much of the people behind the scenes. So that, that way you can at least give the appearance of, okay, minor change, but it's still the same Spider-Man. I I agree with Trish. I, even though I don't, uh, I don't particularly like how Spider-Man is written in the MCU. I'm not sold that Sony can, uh, can do it either. And that's honestly to be looked at the brains of the last two movies, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal. And if you look into the production of Spider-Man movies recently. Um, home, home, coming far from home. Venom and Spider Verse. Amy Pascal's f- fingerprints are all over all of them, and yeah. and she just left in what May for for Universal. So yeah. so if you remove one half of the brain and then you remove another half of the brain in Kevin Feige, then you get Amazing Spider-Man Two, which none of them had none of them to, uh, to do with. Yep, and well, we saw, yeah, I, I remember one of the criticisms of Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the fact that we had the character of the Rhino, and he shows up, what, two scenes? Yes, that's he it. He showed up, like, in the, in the beginning, and then at the end, in some sort of ridiculous-looking power armor, you know, and it's like, hey, kids, look, the Rhino! And it's like... Toy! Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, that's not the Rhino! But yeah, like... In, in terms of Mar- uh, uh, of Sony's track record without Pascal, um, yeah. it's not looking bright. That's for sure. 
Now, yeah, no, it's not, not to not to mention the fact that the other like the other thing it was you know said before, uh, you know Sony honestly you know where where um you know another big misstep would be if they try to act like you know well what we're going to create is the Spider-Man cinematic universe like they tried it once and couldn't even get it off the ground right and you know i mean i i have i have to admit i have not seen venom i've heard i've heard that it's actually pretty good and you know i just i want to i don't know i just need to find like the right moment to pull the trigger and watch it because I, i'm i'm sure it is you know i'm sure that it is good. I'm sure that all the positive press I'm hearing is not just Sony uh, dropping in, you know, spies and stuff on the internet to make it to make themselves sound good. Spider Verse was really good. Yes. Um. But yeah, if they if they go back and they're just like, okay, we're gonna create this micro universe, it's not gonna work. Um, the idea of a Spider Verse honestly doesn't bother me it, it, it could work under the right conditions and under the right management but as far as i see right now that's not the case and yeah. if if they keep the cast then then you can roll something with their ju- just based off of tom uh, tom holland alone and, and try to like re uh, uh, recreate uh, the same magic and whatnot but yeah, it's gonna be hard, especially with uh with me thinking that looking off of how much money Venom makes with whatever movie he's in, they're gonna try and shoehorn Venom in as soon as possible, and that could go either way as really good or really bad. Again, like yeah. Spider Man Three. Yep. I know they mentioned Spider Verse. Of course, the animated Spider Verse was really really good, but when they mentioned the Spider Verse in the in the um Far From Home, and all I could think of was like, you know, oh, they could really do a great job. You know, Marvel and Disney is really good at crossing all of these characters over. You know, they, they so I think that a Spider-Verse made by them could be done really well. And I could see them going and getting, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and, you know, to be other Spider-Mans from other worlds and kind of weave all the, all the movies together. And that would be amazing if they did that. But the, but I but I don't think Sony could pull that off. I think if Sony tried to do it without Marvel, without Disney, it would just it would be really cheesy and really bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and you know the getting getting back to um, you mentioned what you mentioned that discussion last night, Trish, where you know somebody had found an article that said that Sony wants ten billion. See, ever since the news broke about this about the uh the sony spider-man deal kind of crumbling uh you know i have seen a lot of back and forth you know i have seen some people like well you know uh, it's all disney's fault you know they're trying to be this giant monopoly and they're trying to control everything and now we shouldn't let the monopoly win but if that you know if that article that that was mentioned if it's true it it doesn't look you know it it pretty much puts sony in a bad light because then they're looking like somebody who's all about, you know, well, haha, if you want this, you're going to have to pay through the nose. You know, it's almost like they're holding the thing hostage. Well, the fact that Disney paid $4.4 billion for all of Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. Sony wants $10 billion for just Spider-Man. Yeah, just Spider-Man. Uh-huh. And anything, yeah. I mean. You're crazy. Yeah, yeah no. Especially <laughs> because it's like, okay, all right. Spider-Man, I mean, 
all right, to be, you know, to play, well, to, to kind of sort of play devil's advocate. Um, one of the things about, you know, one of the things about um, Marvel selling the rights to their characters, you know, back in the nineties when they had their bank, you know, when they had the bankruptcy, uh, one of the things about that is it's not just a single character. You know, uh, having, you know, Sony having the rights to Spider-Man, it's not just the fact that they have the rights to Spider-Man. They have the rights to any and all characters that are part of that particular branch of the Marvel Universe. So it's having, that. yeah, it's having the right, but, but yeah. But, but the thing is, though, how much i mean okay you probably know way more than i do considering yeah. the comics and stuff yeah okay there's endless possibilities in spider-man if you really think of it you think about it you know and think about all the different characters and stories they could do but who is going to be interested you know it not i don't think the mass market is yeah you know people that know the comic books know these characters sure i'm sure they would be thrilled to see some of those spider-man stories and you know characters brought to life on the big screen but a lot of people are going to be like, I don't care. And yeah. I'm so sick of all these comic book movies. I really don't want another Spider-Man movie, you know, yeah. if it's well, 10 down the road. But with, with Star Wars, okay, yeah, there's the haters out there, you know, the people that, you know, the toxic fanboys. But for the most part, people are really excited about the Star Wars movies and people are still going to them. And yeah. Disney's making a ton of money. And it's... I can see them paying four bill four point four and a half billion dollars for Star Wars, and they've already made back that money and then some. Oh yeah, but the thing I will is know. For Sony, well, the thing is, I don't think Disney could look at Spider Man and be like, "Okay, if we pay ten billion for this, are we really going to make ten billion back?" Yeah, no, I and and that's the thing. I actually agree with you. You know, when I was talking about the fact that Spider Man does bring with him a whole host of characters. It's, you know, I mean, that's great. It doesn't, my thing is, is that it doesn't equal the level of Star Wars. You know, it doesn't equal the creative, I mean, yeah, there are creative possibilities, but yeah, it doesn't equal, you know, the type of thing that Star Wars brings into it. So, I mean, yeah, if I was Disney, I'd be like, this is not, he, the Spider-Man franchise alone is not worth $10 billion. It's not worth double Star Wars. It's not even worth yeah, It's yeah, not no, even worth half. Close. It's not yeah, even nowhere close. And, and again, I said this is, and, and again, this the, is, if, yeah. if they had gone the other way, yeah, you know, two billion, I still think is way too much. One billion is way too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, but because it, and I said it before, Sony, you know, if if that piece of news is true, it's Sony holding Spider-Man hostage to bring Marvel to the table, and the only thing it it does is it makes Sony look like the bad guy. Like I, I got to be honest, I think in this in this in this case, I don't think that there's a clear good guy bad guy thing. I don't think it's Disney's fault. I don't think it's Sony's fault. It's yeah, it's that they you know they wanted to negotiate, especially because of you know in the aftermath of Far From Home making so much money, and it's one of the things where they couldn't agree. And and probably what makes things maybe a little worse is just that since the eyes of the world are on them it's kind of difficult to sit and have like a very calm conversation where it's like, okay, what do we want to do going forward? You know, Oh, you know, this has turned out to be making in a lot of money. Can we renegotiate the contract? I can see where it's really hard to do that, you know, in such a public stage. Yes. I, I, uh, 
I understand what you're saying, but you also have to understand where where Sony is looking at it. Like Spider-Man is literally all Sony Pictures has in, in terms of revenue of that magnitude that's coming out and stuff and people that yeah. are legitimately interested in. So if Sony was to lose Spider-Man, what else they have? And then that's uh, practically that's pretty much it. Point. Yeah, that is a, that is a good, good point. point. That is. That is a very good point. And it's the type of thing, I mean, also from the other from the other side, um, you know, I mean, Marvel did sell the rights when they were, you know, when they were facing bankruptcy. Yes. Uh, but also, end of the day, you know, see, and this is this is this is going to feel weird. Um, it is kind of it is difficult to take um, to take Disney out of the equation since Disney now owns Marvel. But at the heart of things, Spider-Man is a flagship Marvel character. So I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe Marvel right now, may, Marvel, yeah, Marvel may be under the Disney umbrella, but that's still that's still you know, uh, you know, Spider-Man is still the baby of Stanley of Stanley and Steve Ditko. You know, this is not. This is not like Star Wars, you know, when Disney acquired Star Wars, that it was its own separate thing, and Disney just, you know, Disney scooped it up. Mm-hmm. This is something that it is, it is something that started out as a part of something Disney owns. So it's not, you know, I mean, those, those were like, you know, ah, stick it to the Monopoly, yeah, stick it to the Mouse House. You know, it's not that simple. And if anything, it's hurting, you know, the original owners of this property. Right. You know, who, who threw, you know, who, well, I don't want to say no fault of their own, but, you know, it's not, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think this is coming from a place of malice, at least as far as the Marvel end of things is concerned. I definitely agree. Now, the last question that I wanted to bring up is that, in the event that Spider-Man goes back to Sony, can the um, can the MCU actually survive the blow of losing Spider-Man? Yes. Yes. Absolutely, because they have all those other characters that people love. Yeah, I agree. They have yep. Thor. They Not- have you know. I mean, and with Disney Plus coming out and having characters you know available through a streaming network as well as the movies it keeps them in the in the public's consciousness and yeah and i think it'll be fine and you know i also i think short term short term as everybody's trying to figure out if this is a done deal or there's still a ray of hope short term for the next couple of years we're kind of you know we'll we'll be okay because they've already announced the slate of films for 2020, 2021, and Black Panther got a confirmed uh, May 2022 date. So they have stuff. They have stuff on their slate that they can go to. Uh, you know that they can that they can work with while this is being figured out. And you know if if this is done, if Spider Man's definitely going back to Sony and he's no longer part of the MCU. At least there's time for Kevin Feige and you know everybody else associated with the the creative half of the MCU to go back and be like, okay, 
we need to, you know, we need to figure out how to, how to work around this. Right. And but, but I agree with Trish. It, you know, the MCU is going to be fine. You know, if anything, if any, if anybody suffers, it'll be Spider-Man, especially because the fan base may, you know, unless, unless when Sony announces like their next Spider-Man movie, unless the announcement is attached with something totally freaking awesome, like, oh, we have, uh, you know, we brought Sean Connery out of retirement to play, <laughs> uh, you know, to play this bad guy or this character. You know, there are going to be people who are going to be like, yeah, I'm not seeing another Sony Spider-Man movie. You know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll see an, a sequel to the animated Spider-Verse, but, you know, the main Spider-Man thing is going to get hurt because they're going to be like, oh, this is just you, you know, this is just, oh, Sony once again, you know, bringing us back to when Spider-Man was separate from the Marvel Universe. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of supporting that. Right. And honestly, I think we've all, like, you, you brought up a, a good point in long term and short term. And honestly, we are completely overlooking that Disney has X-Men right in their back pocket. X-Men and Fantastic Four. And Fantastic Four. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel as soon as I, I feel like whenever X-Men comes out, that's a billion dollar movie just right off the bat. Everyone's going to want to see what whatever Disney does with X-Men. Yep. And I think also with, also with Fantastic Four, the minute they announce, you know, if they announce uh, July 2022, Fantastic Four, you know that everyone's going to be like, okay, now we're now we're going to see how the MCU handles the FF. Yes. Yes, and it, it's you know it's like people are going to be, oh wow, we we actually have a chance to see a good version of these. Yep. Yep. You know, I'm definitely going to go. So, oh yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. I just really hope that Sony gets the, their head out of their you know what what you know. <laughs> <laughs> and realizes that they're making a mistake. You know, I mean, maybe Disney might come down a little bit, meet them a little halfway. I I just really hope they work it out, you know, because it, it's not like Disney's totally done with Spider-Man because Spider-Man's going to be in uh, the Marvel campus at Disney's California Adventure. They're, they have a whole uh, ride, whole yep. thing of featured around spider-man so it's not like spider-man is going to be completely gone and i mean i know the parks are different from the movies but yeah you know it's if anything i wonder if disney's thinking that well we have spider-man here in the parks that's basically like giving free advertisement now to sony anytime one of their spider-man movies comes out yeah i I mean that that is that is a danger that if sony is going to be like the sole this whole thing releasing Spider-Man movies that uh, Spider-Man's presence in the Disney parks might go down. I do know that there was a while, there was a while there that with X-Men where, you know, the, um, with the X-Men comics, there was a rule that got brought down, which is no creating new characters that, you know, if you were writing an X-Men comic, you could not create a new character because then, holy cow, uh, you know, Fox has a new a new thing to play with with their X Men movies. Yes, and the same thing happened with them with the Fantastic Four when a Civil War came out in, in 2014. They 
came out with the last issue of the Fantastic Four, which led, which almost led straight into Civil War. I mean, I mean, not Civil War, Secret War. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Secret Wars, and then after that, there was no Fantastic Four all the way until what last year or, or yeah, early like about, this year. Yeah, like about yeah, like about earlier this year, late last year, there was no Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four was missing for like about four years or so. You know, right. and that's because oh, we don't want you know we don't want to give you know Fox you know am, ammunition to use, which is sad. You know, it it is sad, and there is the danger that this could happen here, where you know there's stuff on Spider Man uh, that could just you know that could just totally disappear, and you know he could disappear from the parks. Uh, his animated stuff can get canceled. You know, it's. It has the potential to be really, you know, it has the potential to be bad, and hopefully it won't get get to that point. Very quick last question, since we don't have much time left. What is the ideal situation for Spider-Man? Stay with Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can really think of, because I can't think of a better place for Spider-Man to be, is with the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, the best the best situation is uh, like the perfect situation, perfect world situation is Sony and Marvel get to the table, they cut a new deal, and Spider Man can stick around. Um, best case scenario, you know, non perfect world best case scenario, uh, somehow Marvel is able to acquire Spider Man back like totally and. Sony's totally out of the picture, which is not ideal because, yeah, it involves uh, Sony losing that. And, you know, that, I think, we, like we said, you know, what what else does Sony have to fall back on as far as a big money-making franchise? Um, so, yeah, hopefully, what I'm hoping is that, yeah, both sides will be able to come to the table, work something out, and, you know, everybody's everybody's happy to some sort of extent. I, for the most part, uh, agree. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed, for the most part, Spider-Man's time in the MCU. While certain aspects of him not being his own character, example, always being uh, being tied to Tony, regardless of it being the villains or him looking up to him, or even even New York looking for him to even re- replace Iron Man himself. Ah. Uh, I I like good writing with with my webhead. So if I have to sacrifice him, him him being his own character for good writing, then I'll take it. Yeah, and I mean, and worst worst case scenario, we got to remember that this is the MCU. This is the separate universe, and we still have the comics where you know you'd be able to enjoy having a Spider-Man that is not tied to Tony Stark's legacy so much. Right. So, anything else, Zion? Um, I think we've hit all of the nails. Yep, it seems that way. Um, Trish, any final thoughts? Oh, can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we all get along and bask in the greatness yep. of the MCU. Yep, I think <laughs> I, I, Trish, honestly, I think you nailed right on the head. Uh, one of the things, something that, something that in fandom nowadays, uh, yeah. It's like we we all just need to get along. We don't Why just can't all... we 
be friends? Why can't we be friends? <laughs> exactly? Somebody, 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 uh, yeah, somebody go, somebody grab a boombox, uh, or, you know, or a portable, you know, portable speaker, stand outside, uh, Marvel, Marvel Studios and Sony Studios and just blast that and just be like, please, you know, kiss and make up with like, you know, a picture of, a picture of Spider-Man just forlorn, like, you know. I don't want the. I don't want my parents to split up. Oh, so yeah. On that. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah. Once again. So yeah. On that happy note. On that really happy note. Uh, this is this has been Eduardo and Fryer being your uh, being your host for this episode of Marku Forty Two. I'd like to thank Zion for moderating. Good job, Zion. Round of applause. Yay. I round of applause. The ship. Do I get per- yeah, You didn't crash the ship. Now? We're still up. We're still up. Engines are still running. Engines are still running. We're fine. Shields are up. We're good. But yeah, just uh, you know, listen to us. Listen to us on Odyssey Radio. Uh, you know, like us on Facebook. Um, I think Mark does have a Twitter. I know I have a Twitter. Trish has a Twitter. So yeah, just look for us on the web on uh, social media. And hey, be back with us next time. Keep swinging. Excelsior, true believers. You know, I love that there's already been memes of uh, Stan Lee from, like, his little cameo from uh, Homecoming. Yeah. You know, and they just have the cloud. You know, they have him, like, in heaven. You know, and he's like, don't make me come down there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got to say, I, I feel that. And I, I feel sorry like for Stan probably watching this from the pearly gates and just being like, oh, come on, you two. What are you doing to Peter? That's actually a really good one. Oh, thank you. What, what, uh, my impression? Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. I try. I really do. I, I want to, I really want to do right by, uh, by Stan the Man. Presented by Mark Baumgarten, Trish Fryer, Eduardo M. Fryer, Iggy Matthews, and Zion Kiros. Marku 42 has been edited, directed, and produced by Mark Baumgarten. The theme music is by Sam Beckwith. Marku 42 is owned and copyrighted by Mark Baumgarten 2019. This is Odyssey Radio. Odyssey, dare to wonder.